Mindfulness Mode 377. I said to her, hey, I'm really nervous, but I've always wanted to know, I know your story. How did you go from where you were to being at the top of the world? Reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness right here on today's Mindfulness Mode with me, your host and Mindfulness Life Coach, Bruce Lankford. I always love feedback from you, Mindful Tribe. You can email me anytime at bruce at mindfulnessmode.com. Hey, thinking about launching a podcast? Maybe your company is, maybe a friend of yours or a family member is thinking you'd just like to get your voice out there. Well, it's a great way to do that. You will need a host, a place to upload all your episodes. My host is Podbean. That's a great choice. Podbean is built specifically for podcasters and it's been around for more than 10 years. The pricing's competitive. It's only $9 a month and they have great stats too. You can help support Mindfulness Mode and you can get a month of free hosting with my affiliate link by going to podbean.com slash podbeanmm, standing for Mindfulness Mode. Today I'm featuring a guest you might know from his many TV appearances. He's known for sharing straightforward hacks that take under a minute that can change your perspective and lead to more health and love as he puts it, more love in your life. Before we get to today's guest, I want to share what I did yesterday. I got in my car first thing in the morning around 7.30 and I left for Toronto. And with the snow and the freezing temperatures we're experiencing here in Canada, it it slowed me down a bit. I got there around 10.30 and I met with another television celebrity, a, a man who is featured on our Canadian version of American Idol. He's all about mindfulness and music. And as we talked, he said, I just feel I'm looking right into a big mirror. You and I have so much in common. We've both been professional musicians. We both have a podcast. We've done similar kinds of music. Anyway, Keith McPherson's interview will be coming up in two or three weeks. I'm excited for you to hear it. In the meantime, today's interview is with another person I totally resonate with, and that's why I wanted to mention Keith. Today's guest is someone who has appeared on Oprah quite a few times. He's been on CNN and lots of other appearances. Sit back, relax, and enjoy my chat today with 12-time author Jonathan Robinson. Hey, Jonathan, are you in mindfulness mode today? I hope I am. Yeah, we'll soon find out. (laughs) We will. Yeah, I want to share a bit about uh, you with my audience, with Mindful Tribe. Jonathan Robinson is a best-selling author of 12 books, actually. He's a psychotherapist. He's been a frequent guest on Oprah and CNN. He's also the co-host of an awesome podcast called Awareness Explorers. So I definitely recommend you check that out, Mindful Tribe. His specialty is providing people with simple methods that lead to more peace, love, and awareness. There have been articles about him in all sorts of publications like Newsweek, USA Today, Reader's Digest. He speaks at Fortune 500 companies on how to be less stressed while achieving more. So Jonathan, what does mindfulness mean to you? Well, really, there's two definitions. One is just being present with what you're doing and really being there, 
not distract you with all kinds of thoughts and and doing two things at once. But another way of looking at mindfulness is just being aware of the background of awareness. And often the mindful tribe isn't doesn't go to that next level. So in the podcast Awareness Explorers, we talk about how to be aware of awareness. And I think that's an even deeper level of mindfulness. Well, I think it is deeper. And I know that you've just recently come back from a retreat. Can you share a little bit about your retreat and how that changed the way you look at meditation and look at mindfulness? Well, I was in a uh, seven-day retreat with Ajashanti. And um, something that I noticed is that there's different ways to be mindful depending upon who you are and what your gifts are. Like, for example, some people tune into it like as a, as a spaciousness in their mental sphere or clarity. And some people, it's more of a heart-centered thing, like really feeling connected. And some people, it's more being sensation-based. So Ajashanti would lead us in these different guided meditations that really offer different paths to mindfulness. And I think part of our mission, should we decide to accept it, is to find the, uh, the inroads that work best and quickest for us. Right, right. Well, we're all, at least I am always searching and I know most of my listeners are always, you know, exploring and searching. Well, you have just published a book called More Love, Less Conflict, a communication playbook for couples. And I know you've worked a lot with couples. How can mindfulness help with our communication? Well, one of the things that mindfulness does is it shows you um, all the ways you're doing it wrong. You know, yes. uh, I, I, I kind of like feeling self-righteous. And <laughs> once I realized that, it helped me to realize, oh, okay, look for self-righteousness. Because when, when you're lost in self-righteousness or blame, it never goes well. Right. You know, so I, I, I catch it quicker. And um, because I catch it quicker, my wife and I haven't had an argument for five years. Whereas early in our marriage, I would go with the self-righteousness and blame and it didn't go so well never once when i blamed my wife has she then said oh my oh my gosh now i get it yes you've been right all along i've been wrong thank you for showing me the errors of my ways that's never happened never so, <laughs> so part of mindfulness is just knowing what your triggers are and sidestepping them and being able to communicate in the moment what you're feeling and what you're wanting well, one of the things you talk about is that meaningful acts of kindness can make a big difference. I know you talked about that in another book that you wrote, and uh, you say that kindness is like chocolate, and it's a, kind of addictive. Uh, is kind, should kindness be kind of like a central theme in our lives? I think it should. I mean, that's when I asked the Dalai Lama, who I got a chance to interview, uh, what he would say is this one piece of advice for spiritual seekers. He said, uh, kindness is my religion. And I thought that was very impactful. And, you know, I'm kind of lazy and I forget things. So I kind of have, I've actually set up on my iPhone to have Siri remind me every day to do an act of kindness and to remind me to say something I appreciate about my wife every day. And this only takes like two minutes a day, 
but it's amazing the impact both those things have. You know, just saying something I notice about you that I appreciate is, you know, that's a mindful thing. Like something I notice about you, Bruce, I appreciate is that uh, you ask good questions that are really coming from curiosity and that I can tell your level of sincerity just by how you approach this. Now, I'm already thinking that. And when you say these things, it creates more of a connection. And it also creates more mindfulness in the moment. Well, I think it's fascinating that you interviewed the Dalai Lama. You've interviewed Jimmy Carter, Deepak Chopra. How on earth did you do this? Because this was way back when you wrote your first book. How did you pull this off, Jonathan? Well, I'll I'll tell you a quick story about that. Um, I was trying to reach Deepak Chopra to interview him and uh, wasn't able to for months. Finally, he calls me up and he says in his Indian accent, uh, I, this is Deepak, I, I just want you to know I don't do these interviews anymore. I get 200 requests per week, but I've never seen anybody quite as persistent as you. <laughs> According to my secretary, you have called every week for the last 47 weeks. You have four of my friends calling me to do this interview and you have sent me 17 letters. So the reason I'm calling is I want to know if you're a complete lunatic or if you're on a mission from God. (laughs) And what did you say? (laughs) I said, I'm on a mission from God. I would say that's a good choice. Okay, I'll do the interview. Wow, that is a cool story. That is hilarious. And then you were able to put the interview into your book and... You know, you've helped so many people with your books and your appearances on TV and and everything like that. And you know, I think it's fascinating your insight into helping couples communicate, which is all about what your book is. And you know, you talk about the the different levels of communication. You know, the the first level being uh, just all of that superficial stuff that we talk about the weather and that kind of thing. But this book talks more about the second level, emotional, personal communication. Can you share something with us about that and how we can get to that level if we're not already? Yeah, I I think people yearn for deep connections because we live in a very superficial culture and but we don't have much time so we need really simple methods that under a minute can lead to more connection so a lot of the things in the book are are almost like fill in the blank statements like even i'm feeling blank and i'm wanting blank or here's one that we can do right now um fill in the sentence if you really knew me so bruce if you really knew me you'd know that uh I feel very passionate about this stuff. I'm always a little worried that I come off as a salesperson because I hate salespeople. So I'm always treading that line. Like, I hope, I hope people get my sincerity. You know, I don't need the money, but I think these, these methods can really transform people's lives. So that's always a dynamic going on in my head. You know, and as you share intimate stuff, like in the word intimacy, the instructions are right in it, into me see. So when you reveal stuff about yourself, it helps other people to reveal stuff and you form a connection. But most people don't know the simple methods that help to lead to deep conversation and intimacy quickly. So that's why I put all my favorite methods in the More Love, Less Conflict book. 
Well, yeah, it's absolutely true that, uh, you know, if we put a little bit of effort into making that deeper connection, it can definitely improve our relationship. Um, You know, I've been sharing on my show that I recently uh, have gone through a challenging time in that uh, I was away in Atlanta doing an event. I was speaking at the event. And when I got back, I found uh, that my friend had passed away and I found her in her apartment. And so she was not only my friend, but she was my ex-wife. And we were married a long time ago, way back in 1986. And I'd been with her for about 16 years. And uh, things kind of broke off and you know, as they do when people get separated and divorced. And then I, I met my present wife and we've had a great relationship. My first wife was older than I am. A couple of years ago, I found that she was really in trouble. She really needed support. She had no family. She had no support. And I thought, you know, this is something I, I really want to do. I want to help her in whatever way I can, just because I, I believe it's the right thing to do. But then I thought, wow, this could be tricky. I'm married and I have a happy marriage. But at the same time, like this is kind of a different dynamic. And as I moved forward and did help my ex-wife and got groceries for her, took her on appointments and did different things to help her, instead of finding that my own marriage was challenged, I actually felt that we grew closer. My question to you is, I'm feeling this flood of emotions. How do I deal with this? Why is this coming up quite as extreme as it seems to be? That'd be my question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I think if you look at kids, young kids, they fully feel their emotions and then they fully let go of them. But as adults, a lot of times we don't fully digest our emotions. We're not fully present with them. And it leads it it leads to undigested emotions that might come up later. Right. And so I find that uh, things like fully welcoming the emotions that are coming up and fully being with them, which is a form of mindfulness, allows them to then fully release and not have a uh, remnant later on. Um, but most people are not good at that. So it it sometimes takes a little helpful tool, you know, whether in the awareness explorers podcast or my books, I try to give people very simple tools, not because I'm a good guy, but because I wanted to learn those tools. Okay. Right. And, um, I was a depressed teenager who had all kinds of emotions that were running me. But when I found that I could welcome and ask the question, okay, what am I feeling? Can I welcome it fully? Can I now let go of it? That helped me to move through difficult emotions much more quickly than when I was always busy and not fully being with anything. So uh, allow the feelings to come up, be with them, and then find some way to let go of them. Sometimes the question, could I let go of this just for now? will help move you in that direction. But there's a lot of methods that can be learned uh, for letting go of emotions. And there's a lot of um, things that can be so that the emotions don't become your full focus. Like one thing I do is a little guided meditation. I call it the include meditation. 
I say, okay, what am I feeling? I feel that. Then I say, can I feel that? Plus notice what sounds are happening in the background. Okay. Can I feel that? Plus feel my body and my chair, the sensations I'm feeling. Can I feel that? Plus be aware of the visuals that I now see. Because that's what's going on. That's really the full thing our awareness has. And then at the end, I say, can I feel that? Plus be aware of my awareness of it all. And that makes it so you're not stuck on a feeling. You're more allowing all your senses to open to what's happening in this moment. And I find that that can be a useful exercise for, for letting go and not getting stuck. Well, I think it's awesome how you've developed this ability to have these very quick, easy tools to use because that's what you did on Oprah all the time, right? It seemed like, like yeah. you would just, she'd, she'd go to you, you'd be sitting there and she'd just ask you for some quick tools and you'd give them to her. Yeah. Just like that. I'm kind of a junkie. I focus on collecting methods that take under a minute that can change your perspective, feelings and lead to more peace and love. That's my my passion, my hobby. And luckily, other people were interested in that as well. So I was able to make a career out of it. Well, yeah, definitely people are because I think people get bogged down. You know, they read books or they, you know, listen to podcasts or whatever. But when they listen to you, they learn so quickly. They have these takeaways that they can immediately do. So I think that's awesome. Well, you have an acronym you talk about, Q-C-U-E. Tell us about your acronym. Well, that's really the key to great relationships. Uh, The Q stands for care. People don't care what you have to say until they feel that you care. So the question is always, okay, do I really care? And if not, can I feel that? The other thing that people really want in relationships is they want to be understood. More than anything else, they want understanding. And the E for Q is empathy. So if you give people what they want, they'll give you what you want. Now, what I found, I mean, take somebody like Oprah, who was at the bottom of the pile of society, was in the retarded people's class at school, lived in a, never lived in a house that even had a, a bathroom, uh, was obviously African-American in a place where that was particularly tough. 20 years later, she's the most loved person on earth. So I asked Oprah, how'd you do that? And she said, it's all about showing people you care, showing them that you understand, showing that you have empathy. And she said, once I realized that that was the key to life, things started to turn out pretty good. How did it feel the first time you were ever on Oprah? I was uh, incredibly nervous. <laughs> <laughs> were you? <laughs> and, then, and then how did you make that connection so that then you ended up appearing on Oprah so many times? Well, really, from my curiosity, you know, curiosity and mindfulness go together, really. You know, what am I experiencing? Can I be honest about that? So I said to her, hey, I'm really nervous, but I've always wanted to know, I know your story. How did you go from where you were to being at the top of the world? And she then told me this. And uh, we started to talk about, you know, how do people care about each other? What does the world need? And we made a really nice bond. We worked on a project together for a while, and uh, she kept on liking how my books were very simple, practical methods because that's what helped her as well. Well, that certainly is what we need, I, I'm sure, you know, because uh, 
you know, I know I want to have a great relationship with my wife. And, you know, especially with this emotional stuff recently, some days I'm like, I just don't even know what she means with what she just said. And I'm sure that's normal with many couples, but you just have to stop and and use some of your tools to make sure that you are having empathy. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, little things can make a big difference. Like, for example, just the sentence, something I noticed that I really appreciate about you today is, I do that every day. Now, because... Um, um, a guy and I get caught up in stuff, I actually have a reminder on my phone that makes sure I do it. Now, is that a but, specific app or just like a random reminder? Just the reminder? Just a random reminder. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Or I have a, a post-it note on my desk that has me uh, keep track of various tools that I use. Now, a lot of these tools take 10 seconds. They're not long. Right. But they really create more peace or more love. So... Um, I just got in the habit of using tools at work and trying different stuff. Uh, with, with my wife, I find that she's more empathetic than I am. So in order to create more empathy in me, every day I ask her, so sweetie, how are you feeling right now? And that helps me to trigger, oh, let me try and tune into that. Well, Jonathan, I'm, I'm curious about this. How can technology help people feel more peaceful. That's one of the things that I know that you've touched on. Yeah, there's a lot of ways. And in fact, I even wrote a book about it called The Technology of Joy. Um, what it can do is there's first some apps that are really good for mindfulness, like Headspace or Insight Timer are great. Um, there's things like having Siri remind you of certain things, uh, which I do. Uh, there's even more sophisticated things. I, I created a product called Shortcuts to Awakening uh, that people can look at, shortcutstoawakening.com. It has brainwave uh, sounds that actually induce mindfulness in a deep theta state that allow you to enter into higher states of consciousness just by listening to it. So I am hopeful that we won't just use uh, uh, these things, which I call widgets of mass distraction, WMDs, uh, <laughs> that we won't just use them to distract ourselves, but we'll use them to create more mindfulness and peace. Well, yes. And just in case you're just listening and not seeing the video, uh, Jonathan just held up his cell phone. And yes, our cell phones can be widgets of... What did you say? Mass distraction. Mass distraction. Widgets of mass distraction. <laughs> they definitely can be for me. I, I certainly know that. And, uh, you know, I think it's it's fascinating how you you help people with, with all this. What are the three methods for quieting your mind? Well, the I'll, I know of 167 that can be done in under a minute because, as I said, I, I'm a collector. But I'll give people three right now okay and uh if they want the other 164 listen to the awareness explorers podcast um here here's one i like is just to imagine that you can breathe directly through your heart like the center of your chest and think of a person or animal or young child that you have great affection for and imagine the last time that you felt really connected to them and just kind of feel into them in your heart 
your connection with this being. Now I do this with my dogs. Sometimes I have baggage with my wife. I don't have any baggage with my dogs and I just love them so much. And when I feel them, I imagine hugging them or holding them and just feeling how grateful I am that they're in my life. And that can be done in under a minute and studies show that that will reduce your stress hormone level of cortisol for up to five hours. That's pretty powerful. That is powerful. Yeah. Um, I talked about the include method earlier where you just, uh, and people can do this right now, feel your body on your chair and the sensations of your body. Listen to the sounds that come out of a field of silence. Uh, notice whatever feelings you have and the sensations that accompany them. Notice that there's also visuals happening, include that, and include the fact that you are aware of your sounds, sensations, sights. Notice that there's thoughts going through your mind and that you're aware of that as well. As best you can, become aware that in this moment, you are newly here and aware of being an aware person listening to a podcast. And from that sense of presence with all these sensory inputs, notice that there's a peacefulness that comes from letting go of the future and just completely being here now. That's a simple method. But here's one that I, I like, I'll give one last one. Okay. I call it the erasure method. Okay. Imagine you had a big eraser. You yeah. can do this preferably with eyes closed, but you can do it with your eyes open. Imagine that you could just erase your legs with this big eraser mm -hmm. and then erase your pelvis, erase your stomach, your lower back, your chest, your upper back, your arms. Now all that's left is your, you and your head. We often feel like we're just in our head. Mm -hmm. But imagine you could then erase your head. What would be left? Well, your awareness would be left. If there's thoughts as well, just for a moment, erase the thoughts. And what's left? Just pure awareness. You can't erase your awareness. It's always in the background. It's always there. It's the real you that is peacefully always watching like a mirror, it's always showing what your senses are showing you. It has no past and no future. It's just in this moment. And that's the real you. Oh, I like that exercise. Me too. And with practice, you get better at it and you can tune into the peace of pure awareness more quickly and easily. Okay, I'm going to practice that. That's excellent. And Mindful Tribe, check out shortcutstoawakening.com because, uh, and, and of course, you, you got to get yourself over to Awareness Explorers podcast because Jonathan has a terrific podcast and I really enjoy it myself. But Jonathan, I want to ask you a question about bullying. If you've ever been bullied, maybe as a child or as an adult or a bullying situation where mindfulness would have made a difference, do you have a story you can share? I do. In fact, uh, it happened just a month ago. I actually teach mindfulness in prisons. Oh. Uh, I volunteer. And I was in a prison with a, 
uh, I was in a room with maybe 20 hardcore prisoners, rapists and murderers mostly. And I said something that really offended one of the guys and he got up and he started shouting at me. Uh, well, you know, this is not a pretty scene. There's no guards there. And uh, I decided to use a couple of techniques, hoping that it, they would uh, calm him down and I wouldn't uh, end up uh, seriously hurt. Right. So I, I said two things. I said, um, I noticed that you're really upset and that you're really good at expressing your emotions. And I really appreciate how real you are. I just want you to know that right now I'm feeling really scared and um, feeling really frightened with your yelling. And I would like to connect with you, but I can't do it when you're so, so uh, uh, when you're screaming at me. So I'm basically saying what's going on in the moment. One, my appreciation, what I appreciate about what he's doing, what I notice about what he's doing, and what is happening in me. And it was pretty amazing, the effect. He immediately calmed down and he said, that's cool. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I just got upset by what you said. And, and then he sat down. And we went over the whole thing. And we ended up forming a really nice bond. Right. But, you know, something like that could have saved my life because yes. he was about six, five, 300 pounds. It definitely could have saved your life. Did it make you think twice about going back and do more, doing more of that work? Not really, because um, I have some uh, rapport with the people. And when he started shouting at me, there was actually five or six prisoners in the room who stood up to defend me. Oh. Uh, which, you know, could have ended up in a brawl, but I have a lot of faith in the power of, of love and the power of mindfulness. It's always worked for me and it worked in that moment. And I just feel like that is like a superpower that once you learn to connect with people in, in simple methods and you learn to be honest and, and uh, open that good things happen. I would totally agree with you, for sure. Jonathan, as we move forward in the interview, I'd like to ask you five quick answer questions. So just 30-second okay. answers are perfect. The first one is this. Who is one person who has influenced your mindfulness? Uh, I had a teacher that I actually lived with for 25 years named Justin Gold, and he was very impactful in teaching me mindfulness. So uh, I'm, I'm eternally grateful to him. How has mindfulness affected your emotions? It's made me a lot less afraid of them and more allowed me to just enjoy them, not see them as something to get stuck in because I don't get stuck in them anymore and to allow myself to really feel them and to see them as, as a, a friend rather than something I need to be afraid of. Tell us how breathing is part of your mindfulness. Well, if I don't breathe, there's no mindfulness. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, just like knowing the background of awareness as a way to uh, always tap into peace, breathing is another thing that's always there. And it's like a, a rock that you know will always be there if you need it. And it's a good anchor into the world of presence 
And whether it be being aware of being aware or being aware of your breathing, it's a great feeling to know that something is always there that you can relax into. So you've written so many great books, that's for sure. Like your most recent book, which is More Love, Less Conflict. I would highly recommend it. It's a communication playbook for couples. Do you recommend any books other than your own that are related to mindfulness? Yeah, I think uh, John Kabat-Zinn's books, like Full Catastrophe Living, and his other books are are really well written. He's a he's a pillar of strength in the community, uh, and and I would definitely recommend any of his books. But I particularly liked uh, Full Catastrophe Living. Well, I did too. I think his books are awesome. Now, you mentioned Headspace. You mentioned Insight Timer. Are there any other apps that you would suggest? Yeah, there's one that I really like called uh, The Headless Way. Um, And I talked about in Awareness Explorers. It's a series of methods for tapping into uh, being aware of your nature's awareness that I think offers a lot of great, very simple techniques And the app is really, really good. And that's an incredible episode. It's just a couple of episodes back on your show, Awareness Explorers. So Mindful Tribe, get a hold of that that podcast and go back a couple of episodes. And that, that is a very interesting, very interesting episode. Jonathan, it has been fantastic to talk with you today. And of course, we talked about shortcuts to awakening.com is one of the places we connect can connect with you. Is there any place else we can connect with you? Well, actually, um, people can go to morelovelessconflict.com and they can actually get a download of, of 12 questions, a free download, which I call the 12 questions of instant intimacy. So if people want some good stuff or contact me, uh, they can go there and, and get those questions and start having some really deep conversations with your friends or partner or, or even your kids. The 12 questions of instant intimacy. I like that. That's awesome. Well, Jonathan, thanks so much for being on the show. It's been great talking with you today. Thanks, Bruce. Keep up the great work. Uh, It's really great that you're doing this. I will. I appreciate you. All the best to you and have a great rest of your day. You too. Bye now. Thanks so much for joining us today on Mindfulness Mode. For show notes for every episode, check out mindfulnessmode.com and type the guest name or the episode number into the search bar. You can also go mindfulnessmode.com slash whatever episode number you like. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you could help us out by subscribing to Mindfulness Mode wherever you listen, whether it's on iTunes or Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, so many places you can hear Mindfulness Mode. So hit subscribe and share because that truly helps our show. And remember, if you're thinking of launching your own podcast, you can get a free month at Podbean with its awesome pricing and fantastic stats. Uh, you can just do that by going to podbean.com slash podbeanmm, standing for mindfulness mode. So remember, subscribing and sharing helps keep mindfulness mode on the air. Till next time, Mindful Tribe, use what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. Stay in the mode.